Hello and welcome to True North TV. My name's James and today we're actually going to be chatting about a trip that I recently took. I actually just recently got back from. I went on holidays out to Alberta. So for those of you that might not know, I actually live in Manitoba in Winnipeg. So we did a trip. We actually did a trip out uh, to Alberta. We left Friday morning and we actually, we left really early Friday morning. My wife and family were not uh, overly happy. Uh, we actually left at, uh, I started packing the vehicle at two. I had everything all ready to go. So two in the morning at the vehicle got packed by 2.15. Everybody was starting to load in the vehicle. By 2.30, we were on the road heading out to Alberta. So 2.30 in the morning, we started our trip. We uh, drove for a couple hours out, uh, well, we had to do a coffee stop first, of course. Uh, critical elements here. So coffee stop and... From there, we uh, first charging stop was actually Brandon. Now, all these chargers, we, we seem to have, at least on the way down, we seem to have had an issue with any charger that was over a 50 kilowatt charger. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on. But uh, they either weren't working or no, they didn't want to charge over 50 kilowatts. So our trip out to... Drumheller, which is where, I guess just past Drumheller, was where we were headed. But our first stop was Brandon. The Petro Canada charger did not work. Shell Canada was not open yet. So our only option then becomes co-op. Um, which Shell and Petro Canada are right on Highway 1, which for anybody outside of Canada listening, Highway 1 is like our main highway it stretches all the way from one end of the country all the way to the other end and that's kind of how I did most of my traveling was on highway one but in Brandon the chargers that allowed me to stay on the highway those did, were not working and so I was stuck uh, actually stuck charging at the slower one which was inside the city an extra 10 minutes or so to get into the city and I've never really gone inside Brandon and explored, so I didn't know where stuff was. Um, but Brandon, we actually, so we were able to charge up where we weren't able at Petro and Shell. But it went for about a half hour and then turned off for whatever reason. And so I had to start it over again. So I was there for, I think, just over an hour or so. And then we got drinks, whatever, because we were there. We got there about, well, we left just after 6. Because the little gas station that's right next to it had just opened up. So we left kind of as it opened. So they opened. We got some drinks, some refreshments, used the washroom. From Brandon, we headed off to, next stop was Whitewood. Uh, Whitewood, they did have two chargers working. One, and there was actually somebody else there when we pulled up. 
There was a gentleman in a Nissan Leaf uh, there. So he was on one charger that actually seemed to be going pretty quick. And I was on the other charger. The charger I was on seemed to be going kind of slow. It uh, was uh, sitting right around 20, kind of hovered between 20 and 30 kilowatts that it wanted to give me. So went in, ordered some breakfast and all that. And then as soon as I noticed uh, the gentleman leaving in the faster charger, I hopped over to that charger. And I think that I was getting about 50 to 60 kilowatts right in that range at that charger. So not too bad there. But again, I then had to get out, move the vehicle. Would have been nice if I could just <laughs> pick one charger and stay at it. Um, but we at least got some breakfast there. So... Brandon is in Manitoba. Whitewood is in Saskatchewan. So we had already crossed over one province by the time we had breakfast. So this is when it starts frustrating me and annoying me when people say that, yeah, an electric vehicle is okay, but only for inside the city. I've already crossed over one province and heading across that province to go to another province. So... I don't quite understand where people think that you can't use an electric vehicle to actually go traveling. But I guess that's for those that either don't have an electric vehicle or think you need 700 miles of range on your electric vehicle. But uh, after breakfast, we uh, went off to Regina, which is basically in the middle-ish of Saskatchewan. Uh that's when it started getting sort of expensive, but not for chargers. <laughs> right around the chargers, there was uh, a toy store. And uh, my kids wanted to pick up some toys. Apparently, I packed the vehicle too good, so they thought they had a bunch of room. And so they wanted toys while we were there. So we did pick up a couple of things, smaller items and whatnot. So not too bad, but so far so good. Uh, again, uh that Petro, right where I went actually, that Petro Canada charger, it's kind of the, I almost want to say the beginning of Regina, but they actually have kind of right across the road, there's a co-op that uh, also has a charger there. And then just down the road, I think there's a Canadian tire that has a flow charger. So plenty of different chargers available to actually pick and choose from and hopefully one of them actually uh, worked. Also while we were in Regina we actually did go to the co-op store and I found a Lucid uh, Hot Wheels car and uh, my son actually found me a Cybertruck Hot Wheels car. That was what I was doing a lot on this trip was finding electric vehicle Hot Wheels cars. There's not as many out there <laughs> but I did check. So from Regina, we headed off to Swift Current. We stopped there, charged up a bit, and that one, we kind of just wandered around. We didn't really go to any store. There was plenty of stores around there. Swift Current was, yeah, quick charge. It was, we, we were debating on which charger. There is another charger you could go to, but, and I was trying to keep the battery Right around that 50% mark is when I wanted to charge up. Just because all these chargers seem to be going slow. So uh, 
I tried to do that. And from there, we went to Medicine Hat, which nice place. And that one is actually, we tried one charger and it did not want to connect at all. We then went actually to another charger, uh, actually at the mall that actually, uh, it was actually being run by, it's called Atco, which is, I think, one of the power companies that are in Alberta. Alberta has, essentially the province runs the power lines, and then all these different power companies take from the power line and pass it on to the individual customers. If I understand it correctly, um, I'm sure there's somebody out there that uh, will correct me and uh, tell me all the things that I said wrong. Um, but it was actually at, uh, that one was at the mall that we went to instead. And the mall one worked. So that was good. And we actually, I think that one we picked up a few things. We definitely went and they had a little arcade for kids. Went in there. The kids were happy. Kept them running around and whatnot. Oh, actually, there I also grabbed, um, at that stop, I had actually grabbed a little window cover. A couple of window covers to try to keep some of that heat out. Uh, it was definitely getting warm there. So yeah, not too bad for charging there. It was run by Akko, but it was a flow charger. Flow chargers seem to have been my best bet on this trip. Yeah. Uh, so Medicine Hat also is actually in Alberta. So now I've already crossed over Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Now into Medicine Hat. And that's all an electric vehicle that they say that there's so many people that say, well, you can't really go outside the city with. So at that point, I've already covered approximately a thousand-ish kilometers. My next stop, actually, though, was uh, in Brooks, Alberta. That also was a flow charger, but they had this billboard kind of right beside it. And how you get to the charger, at least from the way I was going, you kind of use this roundabout and you pass a big field that is just covered in solar panels. And then once you get to the charger, they have this sign talking about how essentially the power that you're using to charge up your vehicle is being made with those solar panels. So that was pretty cool. It was a nice, uh, it was nice green power, I guess. Uh, so that one, we actually, uh, there's just one charger there. So we actually had another person waiting. They also had a Kona Electric, and they were from Quebec. So they were coming. I don't know how many days it took them because, honestly, just crossing Ontario takes two days, uh, pretty much in gas or electric. But Brooks was actually our last stop. We got supper there. Uh, after Brooks is when the storm clouds started coming in. And, of course, we're going to... It's a campground just outside of Drumheller. So we're going to be camping. <laughs> and it's like seeing the storm clouds, looking at the app I use for 
doing the wind and the weather and all that. It's called Windy. So the wife was looking at that app. <laughs> and we were just going right into that storm. So that was that was fun. It was a nice lightning show though. But right outside Drumheller, you you kind of have to get off Highway 1 and you go down this long road. But just kind of outside of Drumheller, there's this cuz Drumheller is in a bit of a valley. Not a bit. It's in a valley. And uh so there's this long road that kind of goes down into it. And I was super excited. I took a picture of it. I had basically gained four kilometers just going down this road to essentially a stop sign. It comes to a T intersection. And so at the stop sign. But uh, no brakes needed. So there was none of that. And yeah, gained four kilometers just driving down a road, slowing down there where I'd have to slow down anyways. But with this storm, <laughs> I went through Drumheller and we kind of kind of looked at where our campsite was. But apparently we didn't look at what kind of road the campsite is off of. And um, so our road, we actually had to go down a 12 kilometer long road. Uh, that was gravel, gravel for 12 kilometers, and it had just rained, still raining, quite a downpour, and uh, the vehicle and the road were not liking each other at that point. Um, the vehicle wanted to be sideways, so trying to find, I've never turned off the traction control in my Kona, for whatever reason, I've never needed to, so trying to find the traction control button on something where... On my work truck, it's like right in the middle. So thinking it should be in the middle, but it's off to the side. Finally found that while the vehicle's sideways, but you also can't slow down because there's not a lot of gravel <laughs> and there sure is a lot of mud. So it was uh, definitely a white knuckle kind of drive at the end. And at this point, it was already... About 10 o'clock at night. So we have been going on 2.30 to 10. So what, 18, 20 hours-ish? 20 hours of driving by this point, which could have been a lot quicker if uh, chargers were working. But uh, we uh, finally, so it took us about, I think it was about 20 minutes, but it felt like hours going down this 12-kilometer road. <laughs> and so we got to the campsite trying to set up a tent in the rain and got the tent set up, got the vehicle plugged in. So campgrounds normally have either a TT30 plug-in or a 1450 plug-in. These were all TT30 plug-ins. So I brought my adapters with me and all that, plug in the charger, and I look at the vehicle. I was getting 1.7 kilowatts. Uh, coming out of that charger or out of the plug through the charger into the vehicle. So it was t essentially the same as if if I had plugged in to your normal 120 outlet. But it was supposed to be double because a 120 outlet normally is about 15 amps. Where this should have been 30 amps but still super slow. I've never, I don't think I've used that adapter 
at a campground before. I've used it. I know. I believe it was that adapter. Maybe it was a different one. I have about four different adapters. I know I have used a 30 amp adapter on a heater plug. And I'm pretty sure I got way more than 1.7 kilowatts. So I'm not sure if it's a campground deal. Eventually I'll be going camping again. So I can let you know. Most of the new campsites though do have uh, 50 amp plugs. So this was a bit of an anomaly. But inside Drumheller, lots of electrics actually. Um, they do have, I think, four or five different EV plugins, like just uh, J1772s. So I did see plenty of Tesla Model 3s, couple Model S's, uh, Ionic 5s that had roof rack, uh, and actually the little Thule boxes. And then, because I would then use the chargers in town while we were kind of walking around town, checking out some of the other stuff that Drumheller has. There was one plug-in that I went to go use, and I, as I was driving up, I was super annoyed because I could see that there's a truck parked there, and I just see the side shape of it, and I knew it was an F-150. I'm like, really? Truck parked right where I need to stop? Feeling kind of annoyed, and then I get closer to it, kind of pull around the front, and I see it's an F-150 Lightning. And then I, me and my son, my older son, we're uh, super excited to see it. It uh, looked awesome, amazing. The owner wasn't around. I don't know where the owner was. They didn't check in at PlugShare, so no way to actually even find them to chat with them about it. But it was a gorgeous truck. Well, looked a lot like an F-150, just better. <laughs> Except for how low it sits, which that's a winter problem. So... Yeah, um, charged up, was able to charge up and go places, so no, no real issues, uh, with charging there. Would have preferred the campsite to be faster charging, but it got us through it. There was, there was never a point that I felt we wouldn't be able to do something, uh, or go somewhere because of how much range we had. So there was that. And yeah, from Drum, we stayed in Drumheller Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, left Monday, uh, headed up to Edmonton on Monday. And then we, uh, in Edmonton, we actually got a hotel, a Best Western, because Best Westerns are actually putting chargers in at their hotels. I did feel super safe at that Best Western, because there was a lot of RCMP officers, because the Pope was down. So we were able to use that charger, but you needed a key. There was a key on the charger itself. So it was in a box that you park at, and then there's a key that you turn to turn on the charger, which is super nice, because then you don't have people just using it. Um, the front desk then knows somebody's using it. So it's super nice that way. And it cost us nothing other than the hotel that we were going to be using. Again, drove around Edmonton. Never had any issues. And uh, I did leave my contact info. So if anybody needed the charger. But unfortunately, there was nobody else uh, that needed a charger. But there was also plenty of chargers around Edmonton. Because I was staying at an area around Edmonton International Airport. So... 
there was plenty of chargers all around and so it was nice to never be concerned about that plenty of driving realized edmonton is very different driving when there's construction going on there but yeah uh we stayed in edmonton for a while and then headed up to where my family lives up in uh, Bonneville slash Cold Lake area. And we stayed at another Best Western there. But on the way there, about halfway between, so about 160-ish kilometers, there is actually um, a Canadian tire. It has was Tesla chargers put in, but then they have two flow chargers. So I've been also finding that the flow chargers that are at the, t- at the Tesla superchargers seem to always work. Those seem to have no issues working. So we actually charged up there and kind of across from there, there's actually a Boston pizza. So went and got lunch. Uh, We did have a few people actually going back to Drumhill. We did have a few people uh, at the campground actually asking us how we liked our electric. They're kind of thinking of going with like uh, uh, the... One gentleman actually had an F-150, so he was kind of thinking about going with an F-150 electric. His concerns were range, so had a great conversation with him. Talked to a lot of friends and family in both Edmonton, kind of Edmonton and Bonneville area. And even when we stopped for uh, our lunch in Vagerville, which is where we stopped, um, at that charger at Canadian Tire, there was an elderly gentleman, I believe he said he was either late 80s, early 90s. And he was, had, I think I spent a good 20 minutes chatting with him about it, about how it's been traveling all the way from Winnipeg to there and how much it's cost. So he was super interested. Um, his big concern was his age and uh, about getting something newer because uh, he had... His trusty old class, what would actually now be considered a classic, a 1980s vehicle. And so, uh, yeah, charged up there, no issues. From there, stayed in Bonneville's Best Western. And when I was at the Best Western, one of the days, there was a gentleman with a Tesla Model Y. It's a smaller town. They only have, I believe, only one other charger. There's actually two, but one's at a dealership that they don't really... Seem to let people, just anybody use, but there is another charger that you can pay for, but it's just a J1772 charger, and so there was a gentleman with a Model Y that wanted to use the hotels. The hotel used to allow kind of anybody just with a donation or whatever to use it, but they've since changed it so that it's only for guests only. So this gentleman wasn't able to charge. So what I would love to see, though, is possibly these hotels actually putting in proper chargers, like, not, uh, I say proper chargers, maybe level three chargers, couple level threes, or even level twos that we pay for. Maybe we get a discount, or maybe there's kind of like a promo code you could put in if you're actually a guest there. But so these hotels can actually recoup some of the costs of these chargers and put in some better chargers. Allow the public to use it um, when if there isn't a guest there. Although that hotel does seem to 
attract maybe <laughs> there there seems to be a lot of electric vehicles that uh sign in there on plug share so if they had a way of actually having even just your normal people just pay to charge i think that would i feel benefit both everybody and the hotel but yeah so we stayed there for a while and then we started making our way back uh the way back was a fair amount easier because we were breaking it into two days. We weren't in a rush at all. By this point, we had already done about 23-ish hundred kilometers. So no rush at all to get anywhere. First up was actually, I want to say my nightmare stop. Uh... It was actually the stop in Lloydminster that was the stop that made my vehicle need a new battery. It was the one that finally hit that little nail in the wood that uh, actually bricked the battery. So there was a little bit of uneasiness going to that charger, <laughs> charger but it was, it was all good. Everything worked beautifully. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, it was... Again, that one is one that actually a supercharger one. There's the lineup of superchargers and the two flow chargers. So that one actually worked really great and always does. So from there, we actually, our next stop would have been Saskatoon. We stopped in Saskatoon. Again, another charger uh, spot that Tesla put in. So that there from... Lloydminster to Saskatoon, I believe, is about 240, 260 kilometers. Never had any issues. There was never any stops that I was concerned about. It's all just bladder stops. Between my kids and us, somebody needs to use a washroom before we need to charge. And so, yeah, stopped in Saskatoon, charged up at the flow chargers that are t from Tesla, but... Uh, Lots of, that one has, I believe, six superchargers. And when I rolled up, there was three Teslas there. So it's nice to see they're getting plenty of use out of them. And yeah, that's in big mall area. And so plenty to do, plenty of food choices. Heck, we even went to the pet store. So my youngest son can go look at all the animals and fish and all that that the pet store had so plenty to do a little bit harder maybe if you're going at night um but when we were there it was great uh from there we actually drove all the way south to regina where we actually spent the night our hotel there did not have a charger but we actually then went to the same same-ish area that we went to uh, to charge up initially. and But I figured I'd give the co-op chargers a shot. So I plugged in at the co-op chargers there. But it was super slow. But uh, the Petro Canada chargers on PlugShare were saying those weren't working. So it was kind of what I chose and I just brought my phone watched some Netflix and all that on there so not a big rush um, I did charge up fully-ish I think I went to 90% because uh, 
so that it's all ready to go in the morning. So in the morning, we left 8, 9 in the morning. Not a big rush to get out. And we got to, well, next stop would have been Whitewood. Charge up there. Uh, Whitewood was actually a fairly quick charge. The chargers on the way back seemed to actually be working they actually were working, and they were working way faster than on the way out. So Whitewood, we actually uh, charged up super quick, kind of quick in and out there. I think we were there maybe 15 minutes, and then we were gone. And uh, then we were actually in Manitoba, we're back in Manitoba, and back to Brandon. We charged up at the Petra Canada in Brandon. We kind of had a late lunch there. And actually, the charger was quicker than our food. I actually had to go out and move the vehicle because uh, it was done charging before we actually were done our food. So that I guess that's a good sign. Um, but I've also noticed it seems like after they put in the battery, that 90 to 100% charge on the Kona it really drops it down and it takes forever so most of my stops were charging to 90% at the most which is kind of I guess what the dealer or not the dealership the manufacturers want so basically 90% and after 90 it dropped to single digit charge um kilowatts so Brandon and then back home so we did a total of 3,700 kilometers uh, for a total cost of $210 is what it cost us. And I guess you could get really stickler for details. We did stay at hotels that essentially charge was free. And at the campsite we charged. That was free. So there's a little bit extra expenses there if you really want to get... Uh, really technical but um most would probably stay at those ho some hotel anyways i would think most would uh but no issues uh the only i guess sort of issue we had was bugs did not want to come off they were on super good but yeah great trip uh no issues lots of people asking about it uh, talking about the Kona well talking about electric vehicles and how cheap they are because well, $210 basically hardly gets me well with gas and our old vehicle that would maybe get us to Alberta and not back um, since getting back though actually we we have actually received our one check <laughs> from Hyundai uh, reimbursing us the cost of the fuel and um, of the fuel that we had when we had our rental vehicle. So this is all going back to essentially June. Yeah, it was end of June when I picked our Kona back up. So from end of June till mid-August-ish? to finally actually receive reimbursement. Apparently, it took a couple of weeks just for the dealership to be able to 
put it through because for whatever reason, Hyundai Canada didn't want it through even though they sent me emails and I sent those off to the dealership showing that they approved it. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite the interesting uh, deal, which is again why I sometimes really struggle with Hyundai. I still haven't actually received any info saying if my warranty is changing, like uh, with GM, they essentially started your battery warranty off. I haven't heard anything about that. The dealership didn't know anything if about that. There's also that a Visa card that Hyundai Canada is supposed to be sending me. I haven't heard anything about that. So we'll see how long everything else actually takes. Um, on my trip, though, I also did... I found a magazine. Um, I've ordered it online. So they make it... I think they said four issues a year. So essentially quarterly. It's called EV Builder's Guide. And this is more looking at uh, essentially conversions. If you're looking at doing conversions on an older vehicle type deal, then it's a fantastic magazine. It's an old uh, 68 Ford Bronco that's on the cover That's that they converted to fully electric. So they call it the world's first all-electric resto mod magazine. It's sort of expensive in way of magazines. It's, what, $11 Canadian? But if you're into that classic vehicles, looking for conversions, looking for info on conversions, that isn't that super technical engineer talk. <laughs> That's kind of brought it down to almost normal speak there's still some of the stuff that i've looked at that it's like a little bit above my head um but uh yeah it's a great magazine to look at and uh, learn from we're gonna wrap it up there uh if you guys are looking for way more informed people way more knowledgeable electric uh news i highly recommend you guys go check out kilowatt podcast uh Go check out EV Resource Podcasts and YouTube. And go check out the EV Revolution show on YouTube and on podcasts. If you guys are looking to contact me, you can leave me a voice message at anchor.fm slash truenorthev slash message. All this is going to be in the show notes. You can go uh, check me out on Twitter at EV underscore North. You can go check me out on Facebook at True North EV. There is a link to Facebook. There's only a few videos out there. Or you could email me at truenorthevpodcast at gmail.com. I thank you guys so much for joining me and putting up with my rambling. And you guys have yourself a great week.